Okay. Today, continuing our new series, Dao De Ching,、uh, from supposedly Lao Tzu or Lao Tan, or old Lao means old Tzu's teacher. So the old teacher or the old man who knew something.、Uh, we're going to look into section two or chap actually、um, uh, chapter two. Now Dao De Ching. Is、um, you know the Chinese Taoist classic.、Uh, last time we looked at Chapter One, which is、um, where you get the famous phrase, "The way that can be spoken is not the true way," or "The way that can be told the Tao way that can be told of or spoken or explained." Is not、um, is not the authentic way. It's rel. It's it's that which is functional and relative, not absolute.、Uh, and you cannot speak of the absolute in relative terms. Or concept doesn't fully explain or describe or reveal that which is beyond、uh, duality. That which is not of differentiation. Cannot be explained and described and fully encompassed by words associated with differentiation. Words, language, concept—all are differentiations and relative、uh, pointers. It's this, not that. It's one, not two. No, it's two, not one. Well, how about it's two and one? And <clears throat>、uh, next, when we get to chapter two today, you'll see. Uh, very, uh, very many echoes of Dear Heraclitus, and I'm going to bring in、uh, three fragments from Dear Heraclitus.、Uh, Hos Catenus, they called him, the obscure one,、uh, which uh, pertain to、uh, some of the core Taoist、uh, principles. They're basically ontological. This, this is ontology. The philosophy of being,、uh, true nature, and the principles that、uh, are found in Heraclitus include what one person, what one scholar wrote out as harmony of opposites and the identity of contraries, and so this is the unity of polarity. And、um, the harmony and unity of polarity.、Uh, two is both two and one.、Uh, opposites exist or can be understood as、uh, poles, uh, points, or polarity, a polarity in a continuum, or a continuum of a continuum that that、uh, manifests a polarity. So the two. That is of any polarity, so-called opposites, day and night, this and that,、uh, up and down, good and bad, exists、um, can be understood to、um, be、uh, complementary aspects in a unified whole. So,、uh, yes, we perceive many,、uh, and yes, that many can be understood as one. Yes, there are many, 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 many waves on the ocean. Yes, it is one ocean with many, many waves. 
This is Buddhist understanding of the two views, right? Relative and absolute. Relative is uh, the realm of time and space, the realm of the conceivable, uh, the relative. Mm, it's basically epistemological relativism, meaning theory of knowledge, epistemology. Um, knowledge is available only by uh, relative um, differentiations. It's big, it's not small. It's small, it's not big. It's two, it's not one. It's one, it's not two. It's one and two. Even that's a differentiation. In Buddhism, it's understood with the Mahayana teaching of two views, which I think came from um, Nagarjuna. Nagarjuna, the uh, progenitor of Madhyamaka, middle way philosophy uh, about 2,000 years ago. Indian philosopher, very important figure in the development of um, uh, Tibetan Tibetan Vajrayana uh, teaching and logistics. And um, one of the important formulators of Buddhist teaching uh, in the centuries after Gautama, Nagarjuna, uh, Madhyamaka, middle way philosophy, middle way between the extremes, middle way ultimately between affirmation and negation. <laughs> In between, neither affirmation nor negation. To say it is, to say it isn't, uh, both miss the mark, are both relative statements that are limited, and they have limited value. <laughs> They're limited statements. It is means it isn't. Or, you know, it is means it's not not. <laughs> it is. Uh, truth is, I am a self. Or, I am no self. There's no self. There is one self. It's eternal. Consciousness is eternal. Uh, nothing is eternal. Uh, all of these are affirmations. <laughs> famous Buddhist teaching is, uh, things are not as they appear, nor are they otherwise. Uh, and you just can't explain the absolute. And the relative is useful. That helps us get to the absolute. Uh, the relative is affirmation and negation. <laughs> the relative is, is basically to say, this is and that isn't. But saying that is, is in, in, inextricably linked to statements of that isn't, or something else isn't. This is means it's not non-existent means it has somewhat substantial reality bop, 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 bop. so we get into very subtle uh, ontological speculation what is what isn't and buddhism um says fuck it baby uh, not not in those words normally which is affirmation and negation are both illusory they're relative truths fine you can affirm you can negate you can say it is you can say something else isn't whatever but ultimately, it's all the thicket of views. And awakening and reality are beyond all relative statements of both affirmation and negation. That's the middle way. Lao Tzu, Lao Tan, he understands that very well. So does Heraclitus, and so does Ra. So, <clears throat> let's first look at Ra and see what it, what they... It's a group. It's not one guy, you know. Ra is not a he. Ra is a they. <laughs> uh, search term crystallized healer. 
the famous quote that I've said before. Session 66, uh, exchange 15, Don's asking about um, what's the function of the crystallized healer? How does the crystallized healer um, work to uh, facilitate healing for someone who's asking or needing healing? Ross said, uh, in term, Don's question was, is this desire and will, meaning the patient having a desire and a will for their healing, that operates through to the time-space section, meaning into the non-physical realms and fields of time-space. The entity to be healed's desire and their will to allow or facilitate healing, uh, does it pass through, or it does indeed, uh, um, it has metaphysical power, it's, you know, <laughs> mind radiates in the invisible, you know. And so it operates into or affects time-space fields. Is it a function only of the entity who's healed, the one that's projecting, the, the one whose will and desire projects naturally into the metaphysical or not non-physical? Or is it also, meaning the healing that'll be affected, a function of the healer, the crystallized healer? Ross said, may we take this opportunity to say that this is the activity of the creator, meaning everything is God, or all activity is done by God. And that's where some Christians come in. They say, you know, well, God, it's like, it's like everything depends on God all the time. Well, you know, it's like, uh, thank God uh, the Wolverines won the football game. Well, <laughs> eh, uh, the Logos probably didn't have much direct effect on your, your football team winning. But the Logos establishes the law of light, the laws of light and causality and uh, octave and interdimensional evolution. So I guess, yeah, it's all done by the Logos. But there's some, <laughs> some very uh, human distorted uh, <laughs> uh, pitfalls in, um, in that kind of um, absolutist attribution, attributing all to the absolute always only. There's a whole lot of relative that has been not seen. So, yeah, it's all the activity of the creator, the patient, the healer, their activity, the past, present, future, sure. Meanwhile, there's a relative level there, which Roz will also explain. Then they go down a bit from the absolute and say, to specifically answer your query, the crystallized healer has no will. What? No will? Well, they have a lot of six chakra activation. That's associated with will. You're darn right. They have no personal will. What? They have no person? What is a person? <laughs> what is a person? Well, <laughs> then you get into um, distortion and identity, questions of uh, distortion and identity. How much is identity formed by distortion? And when one is free of uh, significant distortion, meaning blockages in one, two, three, four, five, six. One is free of blockages in chakras one, two, three, four, five, six. Free significantly. One would be a crystallized healer. Obviously, will is operative. But it's not a personal, um, separative will. And Ross said it offers it, the crystallized healer offers an opportunity without attachment to outcome. Right? That's pure service or seva. In the Hinduism, uh, under Hindu understanding of uh, karma yoga and seva or service, 
um, uh, generosity and uh, good works without attachment to outcome. That's a core principle of of um, Indian philosophy of um, karma yoga or the yoga of activity and service. Uh, for it, the crystallized healer is aware that all is one and the creator is knowing itself. So at some level, everything's perfect. And it's also beyond their control. But they are a conduit um, for the one. A conduit for the one. But that doesn't mean that if the person's not healed, God didn't want you to be healed. Or the person is healed, God wanted you to be healed. It's not that personal. And it's much more subtle. Uh, but it was the way, people will say, it was meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. There's some, you know, it's a it's a very confused statement. Everybody says, oh, you know, people who realize that all is as it should be by the perfection of metaphysical causality, meaning cause and effect, meaning karma, meaning we created our own reality. If it is of dysfunctional illness body-mind, um, it's it, it's the lawful result of our causes, even if that includes external influence, we caused ourselves or are responsible for exposure to those external influences. Uh, therefore, all that appears, whether it's uh, illness or health, is uh, karmically just. Therefore, in line with universal law. Uh, you know, if you punch yourself in the face, you're going to get a bruise, right? Uh, the problem is that people walk around with punched faces and don't realize they did it to themselves. Uh, they don't really um, determine proper attribution. Uh, but one can say it was meant to be, it was not meant to be, if it occurs, it's meant to be. If it doesn't occur, it's not meant to be. Well, that, that refers, it's in a, in a kind of confused way, actually. Who's meaning it? God means it to be? Because God wants to help? God doesn't want to help? God wants you to have this pain more? Um, not exactly, but sort of. <laughs> it's, it's, Ra talked about the affirmative, uh, looking at the affirmative uses of, of limitation when a person has an illness that doesn't <clears throat> heal. Um, when one has really made great efforts sincerely, uh, the affirmative uses of that limitation are understood by herself, and there is a certain perfection in that case, and one could see that there's a certain perfection in, in any case, in, with any phenomena. And that's sort of um, one of the... I mean, all of this needs to be unpacked much, much, much more. It would take me, I could talk into this for an hour, and I'm trying to just get clear. Some people are clearer than me, but most people who use these words don't even know what they mean. So, why is it, why, why is a, a healer called crystallized without a will, and how is that associated with awareness of unity and, and self-knowing by the Creator? <laughs> Answer me that in two minutes. <laughs> Very difficult. Uh, all is the one creator, and therefore, because of that, it's, it's, it's um, uh, essentially as it should be. 
uh, and not not uh, aberrant to divine will. And the crystallized healer is one that is at one with divine will, is in the Tao. And that's where we go from uh, chapter 1 to chapter 2 in Tao Te Ching. So let me read it rather than keep uh, romping along here. Tao Te Ching, chapter 2. Translations from Arthur Whaley and D.C. Lau. Um, and you'll see some interesting differences. These are translations from scholars, not self-help uh, authors. These are translators who um, have translated dozens of works from Chinese, uh, at least you know through their scholarship and their training, if not in publication. They're not trying to make it um, fun. They're trying to be uh, authentic to the original uh, classical Chinese text. And you will see big differences between these and some other translations that are modern. And uh, you'll also see differences between these two translations. And sometimes it does look like they have a hard time. It's very difficult if you go word by word by word with the classical Chinese text. So let me read Arthur Whaley's translation make brief comment, read D.C. Lau's translation, make brief comment, then put them together. Then we'll go to Heraclitus. Tao <clears throat> uh, Te Ching, Chapter 2, Arthur Whaley Translation. It is because everyone under heaven recognizes beauty as beauty that the idea of ugliness exists. And equally, if everyone recognized virtue as virtue, this would merely create fresh conceptions of wickedness. For truly, being and not being grow out of one another. Difficult and easy complement or complete one another. Long and short test one another. High and low determine one another. Pitch and mode give harmony in music to one another. Front and back give sequence to one another. Therefore, the sage relies on actionless activity, carries on wordless teaching, but the myriad creatures are worked upon by him. He does not disown them. He rears them, but does not lay claim to them, controls them, but does not lean upon them, achieves his aim, but does not call attention to what he does, and for this very reason, that he does not call attention to what he does, he is not ejected from fruition of what he has done. <laughs> Got to think a little bit. And this is not, uh, you know, weekend workshop style. So, this is very much associated with uh, harmony of opposites, or uh, that phrase, identity of contraries. The identity, the harmony and identity of polarity. And polarity being two exists as a unified one. The two uh, is of a, of a single um, a single field. And so this is um, relativity. And he's saying, because humans, uh, everyone under heaven, 
meaning there's heaven, earth, and man. So heaven is higher dimensional, earth is 3D space-time environment, and man or humanity is um, 3D souls operating in the environment of uh, earth, 3D space-time, um, seeking uh, to better ourselves and our experience by following guidance from heaven. And when that's successfully done, we will leave 3D space-time and go to heaven, back to heaven. So every human, um, having eaten the apple of free will, or um, awareness of differentiation, the 3D, uh, veil, the 3D veiled mind, seeing the many as only many, not the many as one, uh, determines relative values. Uh, and the rel the, each of the polarities or poles in a polarity depend upon each other. And so uh, we recognize beauty, and per se that recognition implicitly uh, brings with it, or Im it has implicit to it, a, a, a polarized, um, uh, polarized conception. We're talking about conception or perception, mm, perception that leads to polarized conception, polarity, is an experience of apparent opposites or complementaries. Uh, and he, he goes through a whole long list here. Beauty, ugliness, virtue, wickedness, being, non-being, difficult, easy, long, short, high, low, pitch, mode, front, back. And saying that um, one is not better than the other. It's not much different than Buddhism saying, um, we're not, we're, we're going, you, you, one needs to go beyond affirmation and negation. It's good to affirm the virtuous and reject the wicked, uh, but the goal of that is um, non-duality, awareness of non-duality, and um, an awareness that while there is uh, you know, there are paths of polarity. They uh, represent uh, a complementary in a unified field of soul evolution in the octave. And all really is one, and that one is the one infinite creator or Godhead. So, finity is um, a mask of infinity. Uh, individuality is the mask of um, unified infinity. <laughs> something like that. Uh, the many is the appearance of the one. Uh, but if you hold to either pole in the polarity, you're going to be stuck. And and um, raw the basis of healing, the basis of love, the basis of healing is love. Love meaning green ray. Green ray meaning unconditional acceptance and non-control and care non-manipulation, non-control, the opposite of psychopathology, the means of healing lower triad blockage, a willingness to unconditionally accept what is, not picking and choosing. Ra talked about picking and choosing as the way that creates distortions in mind and blockages. Chakra blockages, mind distortions, okay? Took me years to figure out how most accurately to use the terms blockage and distortion. Blockage is an energy a reference to energy condition, energy flow, or chakra blockage. 
mind pattern, core belief, self-belief, any mental pattern of distortion or non-distortion, hopefully. And so this is saying, yes, there are opposites. And while um, he's not saying that beauty is the same as ugliness or ugliness is better than beauty or beauty is not better than ugliness in terms of a path and a way, he's really saying essentially from a, a ontological analysis, an analysis of what really is um, these polar what we recognize as a polarity or, or each each end of a polarity depends on the other and um, this is a teaching to go beyond polarity as ra uh, as is <laughs> as is in awakening. <laughs> awakening is non-duality. But non-duality doesn't uh, dismiss the relative truth of differentiation and polarity. And so uh, the crystallized healer has no separative polarized will. They have uh, they experience unified um, access access to unified divine will or the way. And so uh, Lao Tzu is really saying uh, don't get hung up on either uh, on the virtuous portion of, of that which is polarity uh, and um, the sage or the one who uh, understands <clears throat> the relativity uh, of polarity and yet the identity of the poles or the complementarity of opposites <clears throat> and has sees an underlying or an overstanding harmony uh, that the polarity you know night day night day night day uh, uh, like Heraclitus said the way upward is the way back the way forward is the way back the way up is the way down it's a way if you're going, if you're facing up, if you're facing, you know, with your eye to the sky, it's the way up. If you're on the top looking down, it's the way down. The way up and the way down is the same. Likewise, there's a certain uh, identity between what's normally taken as opposites. And that's why Gautama or Nagarjuna basically said that affirmation and negation both miss the point. Uh, miss the point of understanding what I is what reality is, what awakening is, it's beyond mental affirmation and mental denial. And therefore, <laughs> Lao Tzu says the sage relies on actionless activity. This is Wu Wei. Uh, what is actionless activity? Well, it's akin to the crystallized healer having no personal willing. Carries on wordless teaching. Well, that's cute. <laughs> you, you know, is he writing a wordless book? No. <laughs> he wrote uh, uh, passages or chapters in words. How can you say it's wordless? It's um, holding your beliefs lightly. Hold your mind lightly. <laughs> Just because you think it is doesn't mean it, it eternally is. And doesn't mean that, there, that, that there's a truth that, um, that indicates it isn't simultaneously. Life is, life isn't, self is, self isn't, truth is, truth isn't, relatives appear, and they are um, 
you know, dancing, flicker, flickering, flinkering um, lights um, in a greater hall. And so I can't, you know, and here we're getting to the point in the Tao Te Ching right away, chapter 2, where I admit, you know, I am not a sage, I am not a Taoist worthy, I am not <laughs> at the level from which this kind of material could be produced, or at least my personal Scott self uh, hasn't this development. So I'm speaking of uh, those, you know, the, the, the teaching of those beyond me. Same as with Gautama, same with Ra to some extent. Uh, so I uh, humbly offer my uh, acknowledgement of uh, inadequacy of understanding, of course. Uh, I can't fully explain actionless activity or wordless teaching either, just like uh, very few of us could, or you. Uh, it's, But it certainly uh, touches... This is sort of service, um, like Ross said, without attachment to the fruit of, of the activity or the outcome. Uh, what kind of service in teaching, what kind of teaching uh, recognizes that both affirmation and negation are illusory and um, insubstantial, anicca natadoka, Right? All views are illusory. That is a teaching uh, that ultimately goes beyond view. It's a view that, uh, like Ouroboros eating its tail, eats itself and disappears. And that's Gautama saying that everything he's offered but the Dhamma is just a raft to get to the other side, and when you get to the other side, you throw away the raft or you push it back for somebody else. But the raft is not the teaching. The, the finger pointing to the moon is not the moon. And so that's why all these uh, Chan teachers, some of them at least, said, you know, what is Buddha? Buddha is a, is a stick for wiping shit, said my friend Unmen. So uh, that kind of um, anti-orthodoxical <laughs> self, uh, self-attacking, self you know, they're, self, they're self-hating Buddhists, I guess you could say. Uh, no they're actually realizing that both affirmation and negation are maya, are avidya, and distortion. And so knowing the uh, essential futility, there's a relative utility, but an essential futility to words, to thought, to mind. Mind is temporary too, you know. You know, when you leave the octave, you don't carry the mind complex. The whole thing falls away. Even consciousness is born of ignorance. Avidya, said Gautama. So mind is very very impermanent, you know. Mind is another relative manifestation, another, um, you know, conceptual uh, appearance of light. So, <laughs> uh, the, the heart of the matter here is that uh, while there is a, a value to appreciating the distinction in polarity, and indeed, we are, um, in this experience, evolving in a polarized way. We choose green-blue indigo activation rather than blockage. We choose uh, non-control and um, uh, surrender to truth and what's best for all. That's polarized, yeah. That's a rejection of the opposite. Yet, we can understand that 
uh, all the many exists just like the waves on the ocean in a whole. And um, we should be a little... Um, we shouldn't get too far into dogmatism. <laughs> we shouldn't get to be zealots, uh, a proponents, zealous proponents of any set of views. Uh, so, the myriad creatures worked upon him, meaning the sage or the one who's helping. Uh, the, the, the sage is helping, you know. He's trying to help Lao Tzu by writing this. He's not, he's not uh, trying to control the earth. Uh, there is the, the phrase, controls them, does not lean upon them. When we look at the D.C. Lao translation, uh, you can see that there was a different uh, phrasing. And so, but it is certainly true, two things. One, that uh, Lao Tzu was considered to be uh, a former administrator or working in the government. Uh, use of the word control, which we, is sort of red flag for service to self. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, that everybody's understanding of the use of the word control is the same as ours, obviously. Uh, how much manipulation is involved in this control does he intend to mean? I don't think it's too much. But people have a lot of problem. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an issue that's been going on for a long time. To what degree is service not infringing? And I, I'm not going to say that he... First of all, I don't even know if control is the right translation. Meaning... Is there a better translation than the word control for whatever the Chinese word was somewhere in the text, which I couldn't find? Um, maybe there's a better word, English word translation than control. But uh, it doesn't mean... But, but I wouldn't say that, that Lao Tzu, whoever wrote this, has a perfected understanding of non-infringement. Just like I don't. And you don't. And so... Mm, having a, you know, being not fully a crystallized healer, having lower triad blockage, having some distortions in mind, uh, all of us who are on the positive path do infringement and don't fully know what non-infringement is. And sometimes we are controlling in our efforts to help or are uh, seeking to be of benefit. And that's too bad. <laughs> that's not good. That's not great. Uh, and this text was used by le Chinese legalists for a kind of uh, natural fascism. Uh, it, 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 this text, as I said last week, has been used by uh, authoritarian Chinese leadership in centuries beyond the uh, original uh, release of the, of the material of Da Te Ching. So there is a undertone of perhaps a little inadequate understanding of, of the law of free will, <laughs> in fact, and, and um, non -infring the importance, the primacy of non-infringement. Uh, let's look at the D.C. Lao translation and explain more and pull it together. D.C. Lao, Chapter 2, Da De Ching. The whole world recognizes the beautiful as the beautiful, yet this is only the ugly. The whole world recognizes the good as the good, yet this is only the bad. Thus, something and nothing produce each other. The difficult and the easy complement each other. The long and the short 
set off or offset each other, the high and the low incline towards each other, note and sound harmonize with each other, before and after follow each other. Therefore, the sage keeps to the deed that consists in taking no action, and practices the teaching that uses no words. The myriad creatures rise from it, and now the it is here not as the sage, but as the Tao. And so he switches from he, while Whaley said uh, him, Lao is using the word it, referring to the Tao, while Whaley used the, the pronoun he, referring to the sage, in terms of the sage making activity on humanity or helping, versus the Tao acting or helping humanity, which is the DC Lao perspective here. The myriad creatures rise from it, yet it claims no authority, and it does it does really work better with um, understanding the the um, that this is a refer- reference to the action of Tao. However, the sage would be in line with Tao, right? <laughs> Hopefully, to whatever extent. It, the myriad creatures rise from it, yet it claims no authority. It gives them life, yet claims no possession. It benefits them, yet exacts no gratitude. It accomplishes its task, yet lays claim to no merit. It is because it lays claim to no merit that its merit never deserts it. True classical Chinese philosophy. Uh, and so this is uh, about Wu Wei. This is um, about go with the flow, ride the horse in the direction he's already going, as my friend uh, Jody said. Uh, the sage in line with the Tao. The sage, the, I mean the real sage is, you know, has no will. <laughs> the crystallized healer has no will. The great sage, and we're talking about two levels of sage, okay? There's Atman and there's the Logos. There's Bodhisattva and there's the Buddha. Bodhisattva in Buddhism, you know, a, a perfect blend of love, of, of wisdom and compassion, sounds like fifth chakra, fourth chakra, is uh, a stand-in for the crystallized healer, for the higher self. So higher self, Atman, the sage who uh, is of that development, akin to Bodhisattva in Buddhism, uh, versus uh, one who's finished with the octave. A Buddha, uh, Avatara, comes back. Um, the one the, the one who is a, a force of nature in the octave. <laughs> a, a, a distinct force of nature in the seven-dimensional octave is uh, akin to beingness in eighth density, I'd say really quite beyond <laughs> beyond this level. But you can say that Tao or the Logos, Tao and the Logos are very similar here. Uh, uh, all of the octave arises or comes from God, the Logos, but God, the Logos, doesn't seek to control, doesn't claim, I mean, there is some authority, but it isn't uh, manipulative. And so th- th- this is a this is sort of this is reflective of uh, the whole nature of soul evolution and cosmic plan, meaning uh, soul evolution as the the work 
for which there is cosmic plan, the work in the work that occurs within cosmic plan made by the logos or by God includes free will for beings to make their own way, giving them life but but not possessing them, bringing benefit but not saying uh, you know demanding thanks accomplishes its work but not seeking um, to own merit. Just a second. Pause. It's particularly hot here in Taiwan and uh, my open windows are blowing hot gusts here. And even my air conditioner doesn't know what he's doing. He's, I have it set for 18 and he's at 24. So, <clears throat> uh, there's the Logos. The uh, laws of the octave could be called the Tao. Could be called um, the Holy Spirit. Right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is, is Prana. Is Spirit. Is Numa. It's Spiritus. Spiritus sanctum. Well, what is that? That's intelligent energy. <laughs> and its activity is the Tao. But its nature is infinity, or its sources is infinity. Um, but it is so profoundly benevolent that it provides and asks um, nothing in return. However, as I've said before, there is a work to do. That work is soul evolution or perfection of mind-body-spirit or work on, completed work on the seven chakras in accord with one's path up to sixth density and then beyond. So there is a piece of work to do here. But indeed, um, the ideal server um, gives without expecting outcome, accomplishes the task and, and lays no claim and lays claim to no merit or lays no claim to merit it it's not seeking to take it's offering freely and because one offers freely and and asks nothing then merit or worth or essential value is not lost and so you can see in some cases dc lao gets what whaley didn't in other cases whaley gets what dc lao didn't it seems to me it, the, the first two paragraph, the first two stanzas, saying, "Because we see beauty as beauty, therefore there is an idea of the co the opposite being ugly. We see, or we imagine X, Y, and Z as virtue. We call that virtue, which is basically positive path activity. Um, that creates, or that's associated with the conceptions of the opposite being wickedness. That's true." Um, and that seems more accurate than saying um, the world recognizing the beautiful as the beautiful is ugly. <laughs> the world recognizing the good as the good is bad. I think that's not quite a useful translation there. <coughs> Meanwhile, uh, so I think Whaley got that where D.C. Lao didn't. Meanwhile, I think it probably is referent to Tao, the last, the, the four of those last lines about uh, myriad creatures rising from it versus Whaley's saying, 
myriad creatures are worked upon by him. He doesn't disown them. Lots of negative, double negatives here. Uh, myriad creatures are worked upon by him. He doesn't disown them, meaning he doesn't throw them away or reject them. Uh, rising from it, rising from the Tao, is also true. Uh, a sage. So in the first, so for Whaley, uh, these this section, the second half of this chapter explains the work of the sage. For Lao, the second half of the of the chapter explains the work of the Tao. All right. Ideally, they're they're in harmony. Obviously, the, the phrase controls them but doesn't lean upon them. Perhaps DC Lao, DC Lao didn't like that, which I don't either. And he said, "Hmm, is that really control?" And you see, now you get into the you know the uh, thicket of translation and the word that Whaley calls control, you, you know, translates as control. <laughs> Lao translates as benefit. Eh? That's pretty different, you know. Uh, so one of them is closer to the original, clearly, than the other. And it may well be Whaley and the word control. But uh, he doesn't like it. He doesn't understand it, and I don't fully either. And yet, because he's an honest fellow, <laughs> uh, or he has a certain kind of commitment to the original, uh, even though he doesn't understand it and doesn't quite like it, maybe, he used the original or used the translation of control, uh, of that word as control. Meanwhile, D.C. Lao, who's an honest guy too, uh, may have seen the word that the original Chinese could be translated as control, uh, but that didn't seem right to him. So he took another word, <laughs> he translated it as benefit. They're really quite different. But certainly, uh, it's not... Um, a sort of manipulative, um, heavy-handed controlling. However, there's also an aspect in the Tao Te Ching, which you'll see, uh, that is a little bit heartless. Uh, and that was one of the reasons, it's a very subtle theme, that the universe is the way it is, whether you like it or not. The Tao is as it is whether you like it or not. Certain things are lawful whether you like it or not. And you better get you better get with the program because there is a program here. This is not, you know, uh, fantasy dreamland uh, in your bed under the covers. <clears throat> there is an objective metaphysical reality here. There is work to do here, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you do it or not. And there'll be consequences, regardless of what you think, whether you like it or know it or care. This is, you know, <clears throat> you're not a dope, uh, and you're also not the boss. And you have, we have severely forgotten who we are, why we're here, and what this here is. What is this realm of creation? We're in body now more or less um, like like fools actually the the what we know compared to what we know is minuscule what we remember compared to what we forget is forgot for have forgotten is minuscule um <laughs> there is solar there is there is a cosmic plan and there are laws of soul evolution 
And there are very, very specific purposes for which we came into this incarnation. Many, not one. And everything can be traced back to their causes. And the causes are multiple. Uh, and consequences are multiple. Uh, and um, it's critical... It, I mean, the, the Tao, the, the, the Tao Te Ching understands that that there's something going on here that is not made by you and you either get with it or you don't and if you don't you may well go end up trying to go against it and get yourself into trouble there there is a <clears throat> you'll see some other chapters that have a kind of um rough tough love <laughs> approach it's i don't know you can call it tough love it's sort of um non-coddling and this ain't a feel good situation this creation this ain't this creation ain't about feel good it's it's a manifestation of you know infinite love light and all that but there but but there's a lot more going on than just um happy dancing and um whether you like it or not it is that kind of perspective is um was, was understood you know, by these some of the classical teachers like Gautama, like Lao Tzu, like Heraclitus. So let me jump to Heraclitus fragments, and <clears throat> uh, uh, the link that I'll give you is only for the first fragment, and you'll have to figure out how to use this page or site. It's HeraclitusFragments.com. Uh, as we've done the DK uh, Deals Khan version. Uh, with their ordering or numbering, you basically got like 129 fragments, but they're not all here. Uh, I'm looking at B8, B10, B88, uh, and these are associated with the themes of harmony of opposites and the identity of contraries, or the identity of polarity. The harmony and identity of polarities. Uh, and so these are some of the most famous uh, fragments that are associated with that. Uh, fragment 8, translation from Robinson, what opposes unites, and the finest attunement stems from things bearing in opposite directions, and all things come about by strife, by war, by conflict, by opposition. Polarity is the nature of... Uh, polarity... Uh, or conflict uh, is the basis of manifestation. There's, I mean, I mean, if you look at the Buddhist understanding of the ten fetters <clears throat> uh, and working our way down from ten, ten to one, the tenth fetter, which is the last to be broken uh, only by uh, Arahan, fourth stage awakening in Buddhism, only at the last stage of, of development, which is really leaving sixth density, uh, going to seven. Uh, the last three fetters, eight, nine, and ten, are broken only by the person, who the, who, the one who, go, who is Arahan, which is very comparable to leaving sixth density to seven. The tenth fetter is basic avidya, which is a basic sort of um, uh, being, being incarnate, uh, in the in in light, um, being associated with light, being uh, rather than transluminal. <laughs> light meaning intelligent energy, 
that light, intelligent energy is what gave rise to the seven rays or gave rise to the octave. Uh, it's basically, uh, you can say, belief infinity or uh, identity with identity with light. <laughs> That's an that that you know. Ross says, you know, we know ourselves as one, and all is light. That's six density. That's a vidya from a, from. <laughs> that's still a vidya. But the ninth fetter, particularly, <clears throat> is associated with restlessness. Restlessness gives rise to the eighth fetter, conceit, or is associated with it. And if you if you look at going up and going down as the same, <laughs> or uh, we go from breaking the fetters one through ten sequentially through the four stages of awakening to get out of the octave. We can look at the fetters 10 down to 1 as, um, as some kind of representation of cosmology, cosmogenesis. And so basic ignorance, which is uh, in certain way um, identification with or association, a certain basic association with light or intelligent energy, that's a vidya, seems to me. And it's pre-conscious. It's not. It's way beyond. It's it's not thought based. It's um, that which fashion that that from which my body spirit arose. That has to be finished before one is finished with the octave. But the ninth fetter <clears throat> is restlessness, and that's ultimately, I'd say, the vibratory nature of light. You have light, then you have vibratory light, or light that does its vibration. Its vibration is restlessness, restless is a condition of, of light. And that's why it vibrates. <laughs> it wouldn't be vibrating if there wasn't strife, if there wasn't polarity, if there wasn't conflict. So intelligent energy itself um, is subject to polarity. <clears throat> it's a, it's a, uh, it's intrinsic to intelligent energy itself, it seems to me. So polarity is intrinsic to intelligent energy because light vibrates, or uh, the proof of the polarized nature of light, intelligent energy, is the fact that it vibrates. It wouldn't be vibrating if there wasn't some polarity or opposition or internal tension. All things come about by strife, all things come about, all things are fashioned of intelligent energy. All fashioning in the octave is of the substance of intelligent energy, and that substance is illusory. <laughs> so what opposes unites I hate you I hate you oh we're together <laughs> something like that uh, affirmation and negation are both um, you know immaturity <laughs> they're both maya baby they're both uh, mistaken or uh, immature illusory propositions Aff affirmation and negation and even me I'm making an affirmation uh, of the uh, futility of affirmation and negation. That's that's subject to the same. And of course, teachings on empty are em emptiness are empty as well, of course. So any teaching on sunyata or anatta is also subject to sunyata and anatta. And so talking about talking is as empty as, um, as anything. Okay, got that? <laughs> okay, back to the TV. The finest attunement stems from things bearing in opposite directions. So opposite oppositionalism is apparent. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the harmony of that which appears to be uh, oppositional is um, 
is the reason that they're in association. <laughs> the the two that appear to be polarity, that the two points that that exist as a polarity, that appear to be oppositional, that that may act oppositely, right? Day and night are quite opposite, or male and female, or uh, go forward, go back, <clears throat> or upper chakra, lower chakra, uh, something like that, or virtue vice. They certainly uh, tend to work against each other. They work against each other because they are one. <laughs> if they were not one, they wouldn't be working together. That's why they're together. And all things come about by strife, or the uh, ninth better. <laughs> Heraclitus uh, didn't get that teaching yet, but he's got it now. B10. Uh, you can click to the left, B, DK B10. This is an interesting <clears throat> fragment because everybody translates the first word as couples, like boy, girl, male, female, or whatever. Uh, couples, um, talking about couples' life. No, he ain't talking about couples' life. He's talking about that which is coupled, uh, duality. And so the first word here is graspings. Oh my God, sounds like. Uh, sounds like upadana, clinging. Graspings, let's just say upadana. You know, you, you think that no Indian monks walked through uh, Ephesus? You think no Indian Buddhist monks came through at the time of Heraclitus? Mm-mm-mm. They were coming and going. All sorts of folks, philosophers, were coming and going. So upadana, or graspings, things whole and not whole, this is B10. Things whole and not whole, what is drawn together and what is drawn asunder or apart, the harmonious and the discordant. That's the sentence. The one is made up of all things and all things issue from the one. So all things issue from the one, that's pretty easy. Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word came out of something, baby. The word, you know, let there be light is akin to um, let there be a word. In, uh, in the yoga philosophy, that's called pranava. The, the omkar, Nityananda talked about omkar, the sound of om, as the first sound of, of parabrahman in manifestation, is pranava. Pranava, om, omkar, um, that is the issuing forth from intelligent infinity, uh, of things. <laughs> the many things came out of that unified infinity. And <clears throat> the composition of or, or the composition of the one includes all things. Ra had said though that most of the infinite creator is not in manifestation. So infinite, you know, what seem to be countless galaxies and stars, and planets, and beings, and bodies, and forms, and energy fields, um, is a very, very small portion of Godhead. <laughs> Totality of existence, and billions and millions, billions and billions of stars, and beings with all these the bodies and minds. This is a very small portion of, of the one infinite creator. It's a very small manifestation. So, the one includes, or is made up of, all things, the many, and is a hell of a lot more. The first line, you see, this, this is the difference between 
real translation and um what um sesame street translation or um kenny g translation i like kenny g he's a good guy but um it's sort of let's just say muzak or dentist dent dental dental office music translation dental office translations there you go so there is uh, th this is not a dental office translation this is uh, a translation where you got to do work to figure it out you got to conform we have to conform our mind to the teaching to the teacher not not um, put them in our bag so so, so that the first line here starts with graspings now, other translations call it couple couples <laughs> like happy couples strolling down the promenade but it isn't it's it's associated it the theme here is that which is grasped the polarity uh, elements that are that are coupled in a grasping way and elements that are coupled couplings couplings um are are elements that have grasped that have been put together they can be called grasped together they could be called the the in the intrinsic coupling of of two elements that form a polarity or a unified whole and that and that's what he's explaining <laughs> so we're not talking about straw promenade strolling couples but you'll see other translations of b10 do that graspings <clears throat> or couplings that's the theme things whole and not whole that's one polarity is whole and broken what is drawn together what's drawn asunder meaning gathering and dispersing this is another polarity harmonious and the discordant another polarity sounds very Taoist, doesn't it huh <clears throat> uh, these polarities uh, you know are of one field or of one nature okay that's easy uh, and so uh, that's why the way up is the way down finally B88 B88 uh, translation I'm not sure who it's from and it is the same thing in us that is quick and dead awake and asleep young and old the former are shifted and become the latter <clears throat> and the latter in turn are shifted and become the former so former and latter <laughs> life and death awake and sleep young and old it's the same thing that takes those two appearances it is the same thing in us in us like soul or atman or spark of god or spark of light or <clears throat> divine 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 <laughs> what manifestation the the spark of divinity the the point of infinity a focalizing of infinity yeah right the focalizing of infinity what does that mean that's what that's what it means to say all is one all is one includes you is the one creator but but everyone is too <laughs> not only you <clears throat> and not only your conscious mind which is a tiny portion of you mm, i is the one infinite all i is the one infinite okay look around you know see the creator those are the exercises Ra gave this is the it 
that is the same thing in us, I'd say. The same thing in us, the thing is not a thing. <clears throat> it's basically, I, I would say, my, my money would go on uh, a focalizing of intelligent infinity. Just what the Logos is. The conscious mind is. Well, I said, you know, you have a galactic Logos, solar Logos, or sub-Logos. Higher self is understood as a sub-sub-Logos. And uh, one passage, Raw gives a little uh, tickle and says, uh, uses the term sub-sub-sub-Logos for conscious mind. So the conscious mind is a sub-sub-sub-Godhead uh, under Atman, under the Logos, under the Galactic. But the under is uh, only relative. But obviously, you ain't got the power of a galaxy, do you? No, you don't. I don't either. So there is a distinction. But um, this same thing in us, I'd say, is um, basically a, a tie line to or a spark of a intangible um, essence of infinity, like essence of chicken soup essence of infinity uh, that then takes the form of life and death or activity and uh, non-activity quick and the dead <laughs> quick means activity or, or motion uh, active dead means motionless so activity and non-activity or um, life and death uh, awake in the day and sleep at the night young in the beginning and old at the end uh, and so it's this. This is a you know this is basically a very old notion, and many many traditions have this sen sense that uh, there's this intangible something, something about Mary, something about <laughs> being um, that then takes the form of opposites. Opposites are temporary appearances of the one in in flux. Right, pantare, everything flows, and so Heraclitus is referring that that um, each uh, polarity appears by internal shift or inner outer shift. So, from the former to the latter is affected by shift. Um, from the latter back to the former returns also by a shift, uh, and so it's all, it's the continuum. The the you know, circle of life. And so when we call, pull all the way back to... Look at the time. Time is running. <clears throat> uh, when we pull all the way back to Chapter 2, Dao De Ching, and I'll, I'll end it in the next couple of minutes here, uh, I think that you get a pretty good hit with the... Um, taking taking uh, a hit on the uh, Heracletian pipe. Uh, that we can we can say sure we can say that night and day uh, exists within a unified field or unified whole or field uh, called um, planetary rotation. <laughs> uh, seven dimensions exist within the one of intelligent energy, or they are differentiations of that one intelligent energy. That one intelligent energy makes differentiation because of an intrinsic polarity already. The intrinsic polarity of light that gives rise to vibration, that gives rise to seven rays, that gives rise to the what we call 
uh, mind, body, spirit, which is just a sort of dis- division of the seven into three. <clears throat> uh, the many comes out of the one. The many is um, a temporal, transitory appearance of the one, is the one in flux. This was understood also in the movie Lucy. She's saying that time is what basically... I mean, they had a confused understanding of it, but it was something like... And I have a confused understanding of their confused understanding. Time is what sort of gives apparent apparent reality. Without time, (laughs) you can't say anything. And so anyway, uh, the idea is how to bring this understanding into um, one's active life in relation to others in a positive way. And so that's the value of um, no action action and no words teaching. And uh, I think in many ways it's explained by those four qualities, the the four uh, lines that either attribute to the sage or to the Tao about um, supporting without controlling, giving without taking, helping without asking, uh, doing without um, seeking anything, any recognition. And when that's done, um, one doesn't lose because one's not seeking to take. You can't lose if you're not taking. <clears throat> but this is not <clears throat> the the kind of not taking of being bonked over the head lying in, you know, insensate on the floor or having harmed oneself so you can't help or avoiding because you're afraid or you have low self-value <clears throat> or, you know, you just say, fuck, I hate people. This is um, engagement without attachment, giving without without controlling, um, seeking without demanding, <clears throat> intending without forcing, uh, and and that that is the way of continual growth. Because the extent to which we're tied to conditional gain, um, we will experience (laughs) continued conditional loss. And um, anyway, there's a very subtle teaching there, and that'll go on and on. So, my friends, I hope this has been useful. I hope that the the Skype worked. Uh, I think uh, this is very nice stuff. Next time we're going to look at chapter 3. Chapter 3 is also long and kind of deep. More talking about how to actualize understanding of Tao and um, non-action Wu Wei or non-forcing. How to understand those uh, realities and principles and ways of being um, in a practical way. So, I hope this has been helpful. Um, I'm glad everyone's here to listen. Take good care, see you next time, and good night.